today we actually are going to have a good conversation with all of us and you about... <laughs> don't be stupid. Don't be stupid. Yeah. <laughs> There's a reason for this. There's a reason why it's called that. And so Buddy's going to read his verse. <laughs> I like that it's not just the verse in the Bible. This it's, is now your verse. But he's going to read. You turned red. <laughs> this is going to be a good he know, No, he knows. He's like, this is my verse. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, this, literally yesterday morning, um, <laughs> I, like I've been reading through Proverbs. Yesterday morning, I pulled it up. That was the first one. Um, also, it was the first verse that came to me that, that I read because it's at the beginning of chapter 12, so if you want to put it in the comments, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 1. Uh, I read it, and then I set it down. I'm like, mm. <laughs> Like, I could tell my flesh wasn't very, you know, my flesh had a moment. And then and then I'm like, you know, I just tried to distract myself a little bit. Then I pulled I tried it. to distract myself. Then, then I, I pulled it out again, and, and that was, was the first still, one I read. It was still there? It's still there. Yeah, it didn't go away. It just stayed. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, awesome. Okay, and then... And then I went back, and it just kind of kept punching me, you know, a little bit. But it was a good punching. It was yeah, a necessary yeah. punching. So uh, th this is what the Bible says. Put it okay. in the comments, Proverbs 12, verse 1. It says this, Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but yeah. he who hates reproof is stupid. Is stupid. <laughs> it's one and, of my favorites. <laughs> and I literally wrote, wrote right next to that um, yesterday, don't be stupid. And so, literally, I'm going to read it one more time, just, just for you, <laughs> just for all of you guys. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. That's the Bible. <laughs> and that's like the New American Standard. This that's is, the word-for-word word This is the Bible. It's, that's not like the paraphrase. That's the word-for-word word translation. Honestly, the first two lines of the Shania Twain song can apply if it's being sung from God. Don't be stupid. You know I love you. Like, it yeah. fits. That's true. <laughs> That's true. But, you know, I would, like, honestly, if you even go back into, into um, the Proverbs, like, that's not, like, a, something that it says one time. It says that regularly. Mm -hmm. Like, like if, heed my words, heed my correction, heed my instruction. Yeah. So, like, um, obviously, we'll get into that one passage, and I believe it's in Hebrews that says, for all discipline yeah. for the moment. 1211. Yes. Yeah, Hebrews 1211. Yeah, what? That verse right there, I was so happy to find that verse. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, I feel normal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel normal. Because go ahead, read that one, Hebrews 12, 11. Um, I, I can pretty much quote it. but Yeah, so Hebrews 12, 11, which is interesting because we just read Proverbs 12, 1. Now we're just adding oh. a lot. You know that stuff happens a lot, actually. Mm -hmm. Really? I feel like the yeah. Lord helps us remember where they are. There's like themes in different mm -hmm. things, like yeah. 316 and yeah. different ones, like 1, 3. Like, mm -hmm. Uh, Second Peter one three and then he, Ephesians uh, one three are both talking about being blessed, already yep. being blessed with their, with blessings, spiritual blessings, yep. and then everything with God, godliness, yep. life and godliness. Yep. So uh, Hebrews twelve eleven, all discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, afterwards it yield afterwards it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. There was an entire year where that verse was on my wall by my bed, and when I would turn over and see it, literally as I was crying myself to sleep because the year was bad, like it was not a good one. I'd, and I'd read it out loud, like, all discipline for the moment seems. Like I literally did that at least at least a handful of times. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> Cried myself to sleep while reading. Now it's going to well, bring peace. <laughs> one, of the, 
one of the great things about that verse is you start to realize that it is it is natural for your flesh to really not like discipline. Yeah. Yeah. You're not weird, mm-hmm. but when you see that, then you can kind of expect that out of your flesh. All right, yeah. my yeah. flesh is not going to like that, and that's not that's not my spirit going this is wrong and they're wrong for correcting me or the Bible's wrong for correcting me. That's not your spirit. Right. It's natural for your flesh to think that, not yeah. your spirit, man. And that kind of helps us locate like what's actually going on because the issue is when we go into that, many times we're sitting there and we're like, I don't like this. No, <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong. Yeah. And, um, you know, that doesn't work out well when you're talking to the Bible, but we like to use it when we're talking to other people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, it's you. It's your, you're wrong. And, um, but that's obviously, if it's actually godliness that's coming to you, your flesh is still going to feel that same way. Yeah. Your flesh is still going to feel that same way. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Um, so what really, like the whole premise of this, it, like this is something that the Lord's been showing me. That's why it kept punching me, you know, whenever I was reading it. Yeah. Because the Lord, what the Lord had really been showing me, and we've had conversations on it. That's not the um, only verse you've seen that no. basically says the same thing. When you're going through <laughs> Proverbs, you see it a lot. <laughs> a lot. And even outside of Proverbs, yeah. I started seeing it. Like even in Psalms, there was a, a verse where David said, like, basically, I love it when a righteous man... Um, I think he says smites me, you know, yeah. when, and he was in context because the next thing he says is being reproved or basically being corrected. And we're talking about a king, yeah. you know, who is yeah. saying, I basically, he's saying, I embrace correction. Yeah. I welcome it. Yeah. And how many yeah. people today think that way? You know, like I welcome correction I, from, from a righteous man. That's, yeah. that's a big thing. But, you know, I welcome correction. That's one of the things the Lord's been showing me is that I need to put myself in a position where I say, all right, correction, come. You know, yeah. I welcome correction. Like, Well, yeah. if you just think about that, ultimately, if you are being corrected, mm-hmm. right? If you're being corrected, and just think about this, let's think about it very practically. Yeah. And so it's saying don't be stupid, right? Yeah. Basically, the verse that you read is saying don't be stupid, and they're saying that stupidity doesn't welcome correction. Yeah. That's what the Bible's saying. Like, mm-hmm. that's... You know, don't be stupid. You know, mm-hmm. welcome correction. Yeah. But if you're welcoming correction, legitimately, what you're being told is you're wrong. Yeah. You've yeah. missed it. Yeah. And it's like, I welcome it when people tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. yeah. I like it when people tell me yeah. I missed it. That's what it's saying to do yeah. when it's godliness <laughs> that's doing the credit. Of course, when the world's telling you that, that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about yeah. godly wisdom, but... Think about that, that you are actually welcoming godliness telling me that I've missed it and yeah. I'm wrong. How many people like that? Their flesh doesn't. <laughs> oh, their sure. flesh, definitely. Yeah. How many people embrace it? How yeah. many people long for that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. No, and, but the Bible's telling us we should. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a major point. Yeah. That's a major, major point. But so think about that. Think how our whole thinking needs to, because I know when I'm, when I'm told that I'm wrong or I'm told that I missed it, I really don't like it. And used to, I would say used to, and, and this is where most people are. I just, just being honest this is where most people are. Used to, I didn't like it because I didn't want people to know my faults. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't want my reputation tarnished. Yep. And I, it was pride. Uh, now, 
I can tell you, I've worked on that. I'm not saying that I've completely eradicated it, but I definitely am better than I used to yeah. be in that. But I don't like being wrong just because I, I don't like having done something wrong for yeah. the Father either, which is, that's not bad. But we can take what's good, I don't want to be wrong for you, and we can kind of put on a coat of, no, I'm, I'm not wrong because I don't want to be wrong, and we actually stop receiving correction. Yeah because of a good thing, mm -hmm. but it's not right. We've yeah. got to be the ones that say, oh, no. And, and those verses is what really helped me see that any time I have correction, any time I have correction, um, it is a blessing yeah. because one of the things that happens, as soon as I find out, uh, as soon as I find out that I've missed it or done something wrong, that means until I fix that wrong thing, yeah. I had a ceiling. Yep. Yeah. And as soon as I remove that wrong thing, now that I know is there, I couldn't have known it if I wouldn't have received correction. Yeah. Immediately, my, my whole future opens yeah. up yeah. and I can go higher. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a great thing. So how many people are actually being held down their whole life <coughs> because they, they yeah. don't want to embrace that correction. Yeah. So. Well, and the limited aspect of it that you just brought up, the ceiling that's there, that was yeah. one of the major things that helped to spin this because we've we've talked a lot about how I was probably the worst at receiving correction. <laughs> um, that's not an exaggeration. I was I was probably the worst at it. And I, I feel like pastors probably like had to brace themselves before they had to talk with me of, mm -hmm. okay, Barrett's going to cry. She's going to cry a lot and it'll be fine. Like it, it was not good. But recognizing that I'm not supposed to live with limits and until I receive the wisdom of God to live better, I'm limiting myself. And so what pastors would, over time, what I realized was as they speak into me or as any godly like correction comes in, all it's going to do is make my life better. And I saw that time and time again, like my flesh would fight it. It would really dislike the moment of being corrected. And yet, as soon as I implemented the correction that came, life got better. And that's the heart of God. You know, it's, he says in the word that he disciplines those that yeah. he loves. Like when God yeah. brings a correction through whatever the vessel is, it's because mm -hmm. he loves us and yeah. he wants life to be even better than it had yeah. been. It's mm -hmm. so like a couple of weeks ago, right after, uh, right after I gave birth to Caroline, there were some like different emotions and things that were trying to come in, come in like postpartum stuff that the world would think was normal. And praise God, George and I were reaching out to pastors a lot of, I don't even know what to do with this. Mm -hmm. And Pastor Nicole came on the line and she was very, and she needed to be, not wrong. She was very, very firm with right, me. Right. And my flesh in the moment, like there was a part of my flesh that was like, I don't love hearing this. Like I just pushed a kid out. <laughs> like, are, cool, what a, what a good time. But now, and, and look, that is one of the times where you have to watch it the most. When I just did something that was big, yeah. which you had. Mm -hmm. That was one of the biggest things you've ever, biggest wins and accomplish, accomplishments you've ever had in your life. You feel yeah. like I deserve some mercy. Here. Yeah. Okay. And that's, uh, that's absolutely what my yeah. flesh thought. But 
I spiritually knew that bad was trying to come in. Like I could, yeah. I, I've grown at least enough yeah. where I recognize this is a dangerous moment yeah. for me. Yeah. I need to listen. And because I was willing to listen to what she said, her words pierced and cut through some of that junk that had been there and the attack of emotional up and down, yeah. crying, not crying, all this stuff genuinely broke in that moment because yeah. I was willing to say, it's not working as well yeah. as it should be. I need whatever this is. So speak as harsh as you, as you feel you need to. Yeah. Let it come in. Yeah. And it did. Like it, yeah. it broke it in that moment. But it was only because I'd learned after a period of years of doing it wrong, this is a moment I've got to pay attention to. That's right. Yeah. I, I want to uh, let Marky and Abby uh, jump in if they have anything. And uh, But look at Kevin's comment yeah. right here. He says, have y'all noticed... Yeah, let me, let me, I'll let Buddy, you read that and y'all, yeah. y'all address that. Yeah, no, Kevin said, have y'all noticed that whenever pastor disciplines us or me, there's a huge breakthrough immediately afterwards? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah there absolutely. is. Yeah, no, there is. I mean, I think one of the greatest moments you could see of that recently was within the past, what, month and a half, you had gone away for a week. You came back yeah. to that Sunday service and you walked in and everybody in that moment, it seemed collectively like the church had just kind of gone through some junk, like individually, yeah. and you needed to correct this on, guys, come in hungry, yeah. come in expectant. Yeah. Don't let the devil dump, like, his trash on you. Yeah. The very, like, people started receiving right then, yeah. but the very next service that we yeah. had, people came in hungry, they came in ready, and we started drawing on that's you differently. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And so if, if people will just receive that, they can instantly, think yeah. about this, what if in your life uh, you could instantly have success? Yeah. What if success was instantaneous? Yeah. That's what correction brings. It yeah. literally changes the moment. Yeah. When it's godly correction, it literally changes the moment. But think about this, you know, is does correction come like this to our flesh like, you know, I love you so much. And, and and you know what? You're just wrong, you know? You're just wrong, and and it, it'll be okay, uh, but you're just wrong, and you need to change it. Generally, it's not like that. It's like, it, generally, correction's more like, no, nah, you need to change that. Yeah. This is a real thing. I'm not patty-caking with it. I'm not trying to, you know, soften the blow of it. No, you need to take it seriously and change it. Yeah. That's, I mean, think about that, even as you're reading through Proverbs. Mm -hmm. Like, is it is it playing patty cake with our feelings? Mm -hmm. No, it just told us don't be stupid. Yeah. You know, it's not it's not sitting there playing with it's our like soulish realm. Yeah. yeah. It's not sitting there playing with our emotions yeah. in yeah. that way. No, it's handling business. Yeah. And so so if you're actually receiving godliness, then one of the things that you'll see is it doesn't play around with that. Yeah. You know, it doesn't play around. It moves into the in, into the business that needs to be handled, handles that business, and then if we will receive that, instant turnaround yeah. and breakthrough. Kevin's yeah. exactly right yeah. in that. So. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. Well, what, one of the things that I mentioned to you that the Lord was kind of showing me was um, when we were talking about this and uh, was, you know, when you're going to a chiropractor or something like that, you know, yeah, like yeah. it might feel uncomfortable for a moment. I, I was just even thinking about like, if you have like a knot in your shoulder yeah, yeah. and you're working that out, it does not feel nice on the flesh, <laughs> but once it's done, it's like once relief. you get that out, all yes. of a sudden, 
what was a discomfort in the beginning that you might not have even recognized, you yep. know, like now suddenly like it's like yeah. a weight's been lifted off and and it took some pain yes but the pain was necessary to get you to the place that you needed to be and you know, temporary and, and temporary yeah. yeah 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 there's a um it, i told you the story about going to the chiropractor while well, i'm telling this and then we're going to shoot over to marky and abigail if they have anything if they don't have anything they'll just look blankly into the screen um but there's <laughs> one of the things is i've if you have think about sometime where God corrected the people that he loved mm -hmm. and it wasn't like ooey gooey to their flesh. Mm -hmm. So what's a biblical example? Y'all put them in the comments. Mm -hmm. You put them in the comments. Where's a place where there was correction to the people that God loved, but it wasn't, you know, coddling their, their flesh and like, you know, patting them, you know, at, rubbing their head as they told them. Mm -hmm. Think about it. Put, put those examples in the comments for us right now. But so I went to the chiropractor one day and I was sitting there and I, I'm just thinking, you know, chiropractor back, you know, neck, mm -hmm. stuff like that. But I, I got, he knew so much about the body. Mm -hmm. I said, look, I've had tennis elbow for a long time. He said, he basically said, I can fix that. And I'm like, you can? I was like, this really hurts. He said, yeah, there's a buildup of calcium in your muscles and everything. You have to break that up. He said, sit down over there. And I was like, oh, okay, everything. And then I, he said, put your hand across this table. And he got out, this thing looked like a rolling pin. And uh, all of a sudden, he said, this is going to hurt. <laughs> this is going to hurt. Now, I, you have to understand, I'd been, I'd been playing uh, tennis and racquetball and everything. I had a lot build up. And it had been hurting me for years. And I just thought, well, maybe he can do it. And, it, and what was happening was that calcium was like constantly poking my nerves and everything like that. And um, so it, he just, he started doing that. I'm going to tell you, I wanted to, I wanted to shoot through the roof. Mm -hmm. Like you talk about pain, but it lasted, you know, about three or four minutes while he was doing it. It felt like 20, but it was probably only like two and he did that and rubbed that rolling pin thing across there. He broke up all that calcium. I walked out of there. Five minutes later, I was like, that feels better. Like, yeah. I didn't even realize I'd been in pain. Like, that feels better. It feels like, and completely never had another issue with it. Man, it was so worth that moment to get that correction, to not have that constant pain there. Yeah. And uh, But it was, I needed to give myself to it. And was it painful to my flesh? Was it sorrowful to yeah, my flesh? Sure. Yes, it was. At the moment. <laughs> At the moment, it very much was. But as I gave myself to it, yeah. all peace and yeah. joy came in my body because of that thing. So, amen. Glory to God. <laughs> Marky, Abigail. Hello. Don't whisper. <laughs> she that was correction. It. <laughs> it was correction. I cannot say that it was done in the right, uh, right heart or anything like that. Though. It wasn't. I'm not going to pretend. But okay. I receive. Yeah. It, it wasn't joyful, but I received. <laughs> well, it's just that brings that brings up the analogy that I was talking about like two weeks ago, I think, where there's the image of like the miners and they're digging underground and they've been digging for so long and so long. And they're so close to like all the diamonds and gold and all this stuff, but they get tired and they can't see it. So they get tired, and we've been going after this forever. When it feels the hardest, I just give up. What they don't see is, like, two inches through, there's everything that they've been looking yeah. for all this time. Yeah. All this time. And I feel like that's kind of what discipline is like. 
like what Kevin was saying is like normally leading up to discipline. The reason discipline is needed is because we've been messing up. So we're messing up. And when you mess up, things seem to get harder. So messing up, things are getting harder and harder and harder. And it feels like the cherry on top is just the discipline. It's like, oh, I'm done. And at that, at that point, we have the choice of being, oh, I'm just going to blow up. And I'm done. I'm done with everything. Or you can choose to, okay, press through. Because on the other side of it is breakthrough. That's why the Lord doesn't want us want to discipline us just because he enjoys it. He's like, oh, I enjoy watching them suffer. No, he, he wants greater for us. And he, there's, that's what's necessary for the greater. That's what's necessary to get us to other levels. He wants us to get to other levels more than we even want it. So that's why we've, when we've got discipline, it's an exciting thing, even though it may not feel it to the flesh. It's, it's gotten to the point where every time I've gotten like disciplined, it's okay. My spirit has said, there's greater. This is an opportunity for greater. This is an opportunity where I can say no, or I can go to greater because that's what it is. Every time that there's discipline, every time that there's a change in direction, it's an opportunity for greater. So that's why it's seriously something that we can look forward to and welcome because there's opportunity for more. The way I've been doing it has, there's better than that. Well, of course I want it. Why would I give up now? Why would I explode and just be done with everything when this is an opportunity for greater? But I don't think we viewed it like that. I think once we really get that in our heart of trusting the Lord, that he wants to bring us to greater and that that's what discipline is, is an opportunity for greater, then that'll completely change our reaction to it. Yeah. Um, one thing that I've, recognize that I'm trying to work on develop even now, but, um, is like the verse that talks about iron sharpening iron. Um, yeah. we're talking about this at my life group a couple of weeks ago, but I think, I think we can kind of reach a point where it's like, okay, I'm kind of comfortable, not comfortable, but I'm, I'm kind of okay yeah. with correction from my spiritual leader. Like I have chosen this person, I trust them. I, yeah. I, I think that they're wise. I esteem them. So I will submit to them and allow them to correct me. But um, I think the other, there's another step, which is submitting one to another and letting other people correct you. Now, obviously it, it's in the right, right way. It's in the, with the right people. You don't, I'm not saying like this is not a license to be like go around telling people fix yourself like yeah but in the right environment like if you're on a team or if there's someone that God has placed in your life as a uh, a friendship or something like that um in the right way I, it's so important to allow people's input to refine you because mm -hmm. I know I know my flesh is really kicked back with that like with like um like times with Abby or Barrett yeah. or Buddy or different things where they'll bring up stuff ways that I can grow on the yeah. team or different things of be and it's like my flesh is like defend thyself <laughs> and it's like no yeah. you can't do that the the whole point of this is it's it's an opportunity yeah. for everyone to grow and not so there's that instinct of defend yourself defend yourself and I think we really got to turn that off and yeah. really be led in that you know yeah. So. Well, I think like on that one too, like one of the things I've had to grow in specifically in the submitting yourselves one to another is not limiting how God can speak to me. 
Um, yeah. And yeah. and it was very easy. Or, no, take the very away. It was easier to submit to pastors and get correction from them. But hearing it from my youth that I would lead, <laughs> that was different. Uh, and like I, th I think of a situation that happened like a couple years ago where EO said something, and the youth leader at that point heard it and was like. Ah, uh, ow. Like, it was, <laughs> it wasn't like, it, she wasn't saying it mainly or anything. It was just the voice of God came out of her. Yeah. And the voice of God was not fun for the adult yeah. in that moment. It and was I, me. Yeah. I, I was, I, I just wanted to, I, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I wasn't going, because I've yeah. had it, that yeah. was just the first one that came up to me. Mm. But how yeah. many times has Abigail oh, no, yeah. said so many things to me, whether mm. she was now an adult yeah. or as a kid, yeah. and I'd hear it and be like, oh, great, mm. I'm 20-whatever, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're 12, this yeah. is awesome. Yeah. But it, the voice of God can come out of whatever source mm -hmm. he wants yeah. it to come yeah. out of. Yeah. And yeah. when I recognized that, it made correction mm. yeah. from God totally different. Yeah. And... Honestly, was one of the areas I had to submit myself in most because it's like, yeah. I know your screw ups. Like, like right, I know right. plenty of them, but, but God now can you're, use you. Now you're, yeah. <laughs> cool. It's so fun. Dang it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, one of the Go things ahead. that really helped me, um, that, well, not really helped, is helping me as I'm learning this, is that discipline is an act of love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, um, uh, well, the, well, first off, he disciplines those he loves. That's yeah. right. And I was reading this this morning in the in the next psalm. Um, it says, "He who withholds his rod, basically, he who doesn't discipline his son, yeah. hates his son." Yeah. And then it says this, "But he who loves him disciplines him diligently." Yeah. So that verse right there, you know, I, I remember uh, hearing someone say that a lack of discipline, like if you're not disciplining your kids, that's a form of child abuse. Yeah. Because yeah. you're basically setting them up for a life of failure. That's so correct. So it's not maybe yeah. in the moment it might seem in the flesh better. Yeah. I don't want to hurt run. their feelings. And yeah. Yeah. Think about that from the parental side. Yeah. I don't want them to feel the sorrow in their flesh, so I'm not going to correct them. Mm -hmm. That's anti-love. Like that's actually and, something I was going to bring up with Caroline. Caroline's three weeks old yesterday, yeah. and Pastor Nicole has told George and I like when we lay her down or whatnot, if she wakes up, let her cry it out. And yeah. that's been that's been so stretching on my flesh in a way mm. that it, I didn't, I'd never <laughs> experienced before till now. I've never had a child, but it's, oh my gosh, I don't want you to cry. Like, I don't want you to cry. But even now, like as a three week old baby, yeah. what part of her is crying? It's the yeah. flesh part of her that's, that's crying. Right. Like yeah. she's not renewed yet, mm. but that's flesh. And yeah. if I move by her yeah. flesh leading me, mm. it's going to train her up to be completely yeah. undisciplined. Yeah. So what helped me is, honestly, the reality of if you weren't correcting me, mm -hmm. something would be wrong. Yeah. What well, it might not That's be a on great your point. side. It might be on my side, but yeah. You know, but put that, for me, put that in the comments. You know, but yeah. for for me, recognizing like whenever you're correcting if, if me, if my if my leader is not correcting me, something's wrong. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Because well, look, looking at these scriptures, obviously we see correction, you know, reproof, yeah. um, discipline. Those are an act in an yeah. overflow of love. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, we like it's like the, the whole concept of like you have your toddler who's walking towards the socket with a knife in their hand, you know, and they want to stick it in there. Yeah. Well, the, fir 
a toddler walking with a knife in their hand and it's uh, of itself, you know? Like, you know, th there's a... It's a little sobering. Yeah. But like, Just imagine Ben toddling around right. with a knife. I don't yeah. want that. Right? <laughs> but, but you correct for, for them out of love. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, now, it, if they choose to ignore the correction and do it anyway, they're going to learn from that, obviously. But yeah. they... Hopefully. They Hopefully, the initial, <laughs> but you know, the initial th reality is um, through the word, through that 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 word. That's what should, we should be heeding and what we should listen yes. to. That's the, yeah. the whole premise of Proverbs: heed my words, listen to yes. my instruction, listen to yes. my correction, so that your life gets better, yes. so that you walk in life and not in depth, in yeah. depth, in <laughs> depth. You know, yeah. uh, so that you will be wise and not yeah. stupid. You know, yeah. listen to that correction. Embrace that correction because it'll actually help you in the long run. A lack of, yeah. of correction or a lack of receiving correction is going to cost me in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. Or not even in the long run, in the near future. You know, That's if, right. if I don't embrace it and, and receive it. Yeah. Well, one of the things that you've said is that one of the most important revelations a person could get is on the three parts of man. Yeah. And that the verse in Hebrews 12, 11 became so big when I realized when it's saying all discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful but sorrowful. Sorrowful to what? That's to right. To who? It's sorrowful yeah. to my flesh, but not, my spirit man's excited about it. That's right. Yeah, and that's that's why understanding the three parts, that's a great verse to show how important it is to understand the three parts of man because you can obviously see that the spirit man made in the image and likeness of God, it doesn't like it doesn't dislike correction at all. Yeah. It loves correction yeah. because it loves for us to be on God's level, but when we're actually, our flesh doesn't like it. So he's talking about the flesh in that verse, and there, I'm going to give you in just a second a major, major point uh, about this whole situation from a, an angle that a lot of times we don't see or hear about or talk about. So I want to talk about that in just a second. We're not there yet, but I want us to look at some of these, uh, if they will, scroll back to some of these examples of godly correction. And let's just look at them in the Bible uh, here. Uh, there you go. So you can go ahead and start reading those. Kelly said, David being corrected by Samuel. That was a big yeah. one. You are the man. Uh, no, no, that was man. Nathan. That was Nathan. Yeah. Oh. Nathan that yeah. corrected. Yeah. When he, when he did that, the prophet yeah. uh, Nathan actually came and did yeah. that. But Samuel corrected Saul in yeah. that way. Mm -hmm. uh, did he correct David? I don't remember Samuel correcting David right off the top of my head, but yeah. Samuel yeah. did correct Saul. Mm -hmm. yeah. And he said, no, this is not what you're supposed to do. And then, and then uh, David was corrected by Nathan, and he, you know, he comes in in front of everybody, mm -hmm. in front of everybody, yeah. You know, it's not only that, it's recorded in the word of God. So for centuries to come, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> David's being corrected. Of all the moments that we've not liked being corrected, yeah. God never put it in the Bible. He didn't. Like, yeah. <laughs> Praise God. Like as public as ours may have been, it's not in the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Kelly did give a good point, though. You know, um, Saul didn't apply the correction. David yeah. did. Yeah. And you see the yeah. outcome of that. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's right. And then Hannah says, Job being corrected by God for chapters, <laughs> like for yeah, many. Chapters of correction. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like not just a don't be stupid. Who do you think you are? Yeah. <laughs> like, when I read that, Job, I'm like, ooh. He's like, were you there? <laughs> like, uh, no. 
<laughs> Where were you when I mean? Where were you? <laughs> yeah, can you imagine his flesh in that moment? No. Like his friends are sitting there. His friends, too, were being corrected in that, too. Like he's talking to Job, but you know his friends were like, I wonder if that's one of the moments where God gave him supernatural ability to be upright instead of like face flat on the ground. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh, and then Victoria says, Jesus looking at Peter and saying, Get behind me, Satan. Yeah. Yeah, right after he told him, Hey, you got revelation from heaven. Right and then after he's a like, Get, He doesn't just say, Peter, you done messed up. He goes, Devil. You devil talking to me. Yeah. You know, think about how many people could be offended right at that moment. Yeah. He just called me Satan. I've heard that before. Like, well, that preacher told me I have a demon. Yeah, sounds like you're completely clean now. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know, just like, well, the woman well, I don't know where they got that idea from. <laughs> But people, see, the issue is if you actually if you actually have a right heart towards correction, you're not going, I can't believe he said that to me. No, you're Your heart woman. is, is that so? You're the woman who Jesus called yeah. the dog. Well, I'm not the woman. But. Well, you're not. <laughs> well, and that example Pastor gave yeah. is I, the woman. Yeah, you want to be like her that he calls her basically a dog. Yeah. And um, he's given her a bit of correction, but she turns... In humility and faithfulness. Yeah. She turns complete humility and faithfulness back towards Jesus instead of taking offense, which was, you know, you take offense. You can't be offended. You take offense. Yeah. And so all of a sudden she turns that back to him and, and she gets healed and whole. You know, it's beautiful. What could happen? And that's where you see in James 4 and 1 Peter 5. That if we give ourselves to submission and humility to God, which includes the correction of God, grace and greater grace is given. Yeah. I mean, you think through, and even in Acts, when Peter, after the Holy Spirit came, and they called him, they said that they looked drunk, and Peter started preaching. It's yeah. not like he was like, ah, oh, my brethren, let us all be family. It was, yeah. no, you killed Jesus. Like, yeah. you killed the Son yeah. of God. And yet they got born again. Yeah, yeah. And that's... That's right. The ones that received it received mm -hmm. eternal life by mm -hmm. receiving yeah. that correction. So yeah. Kelly said, sorry, I missed the names. I, yeah. No problem. Like, you know how many times I preached Elijah when it was Elijah? <laughs> yeah. uh, Kevin, you, you whitewashed sepulchers. You whitewashed tombs. There's, so, there's countless times with Jesus, too. Yeah. Like, with his disciples. Yeah. Like, why I, he are you put afraid? another good Where's one. Where's your yeah. faith? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, why are you afraid? Where's your faith? Right. And then Kevin says, you've been married five times. The one, one you're with now is not even your husband. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. yikes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's Jesus, right? And he's trying to get her saved. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's trying to get her born again. Let that yeah. be the like, example that yeah. super sensitivity is not the Yeah, it's option. not always the answer. <laughs> Being led by the Holy Ghost is yeah. the answer. She's like, he told me everything I did. Imagine, you, you know, imagine the differences of responses in, in that way. Like even even that, uh, like, um, what was it you just said just a second ago, the like, example? where's your faith? Where's your like, faith? Do you, you know how many times I've heard people say, are you saying I don't have faith? Like, uh, yeah, <laughs> I actually am. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm saying it's not where it should be. 
Just like mine's not been where it should be before, yeah. too. Like you're not in this boat alone. There's other disciples with you. We're figuring it out. <laughs> you know, so don't get offended. Honestly, what I started laughing because it reminded me of a time where I took the youth out soul winning. And I brought this girl who had gotten born again maybe a week before. And she was with me and she went up to this lady and she asked if she could pray for her. And she's like, yeah, you can pray for me, sure. And so this little girl, this little girl was like, Jesus, bless this woman because she's obviously poor. And she like, and she like went into how she clearly needed money and stuff. And I'm like, oh my gosh, no, no, that's not the way to go. But this lady started legitimately like crying, like as she's getting prayed for and stuff. And correction. Holy Ghost. The Lord moved. And who, who got the silent correction that day? I yeah. did. I was like, okay, okay, Lord, you're merciful. All right, apparently, apparently I was wrong. She She's got born again. She needs money. She is poor. <laughs> what a good representation of the church. Don't tell her we're from Boomerang. Don't do it. <laughs> we're just out. <laughs> God is so merciful with us. He is so merciful with oh. us. Well, every single one of those instances, when the correction came, it was an opportunity for increase. That's yeah. right. That, yes. Like that's the that's key right. of correction. Every correction is an opportunity for increase. He's not telling us yeah. so that we can sit still. Mm-hmm. He's telling us so that we can go higher. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point of it. And one of the ways that I've noticed that I hadn't fully received the correction is whenever the correction comes, and then I get into beat myself up mode. Yes, yes. When I'm yeah. in beat myself up mode, now I'm like, well, I'm I'm a mess, and that that's not the perp- That's not what the purpose of the correction. The purpose of the correction is so that my eyes can be open to if I fix this, I'm going higher. That's how additional correction comes. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's how the correction just gets multiplied. But but that's not wrong. Yeah, it's it's not. It's no. not. Um, but that's where, that's where having the revelation that, that correction is a sign of love comes. Why is this coming out of love? Which means this is for my benefit, my, for my benefit. And, and just, I want right there at that it's coming out of love, Mm -hmm. but that's when your flesh says, according to Hebrews 12, this doesn't feel like love. Mm -hmm. And that's a lie. It is a lie. Mm-hmm. This doesn't feel like love. Yeah. Okay. And so, but when I receive it as what it's designed for to make my life better, to take me higher, you know, when I receive it that way, that's when, you know, and I'm believing for this, you know, like I'm, the Lord's <laughs> giving me this, this wisdom and I'm believing that, um, you know, the next time correction comes, um, I, I want to be in, found in that position of I can receive it we even my, my flesh will be fleshly but i want my spirit man to to overtake that flesh and be like no this is an opportunity for increase so that i can be like what Dave or what james says in james chapter 1 verse 3 when he says you know consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds i'm sure that can apply this because it's the testing of your faith that produces perseverance one of the things that people need more now than in the past that I've noticed is perseverance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When it feels hard, when it feels rough, when when I feel yes. like quitting and giving up, yeah. I need to persevere. Yeah. But but it's yeah. in those moments that you know t- the the word testing is the same word that silversmiths would use, where they yeah. would test it by fire, test the silver by fire. The impurities would rise to the top. You'd see it. Yeah. You know. 
a lot of times, in, in, like in those corrective moments, the, what's happening is the impurities are rising to the top, and sometimes yeah. we just want them to be hidden. Like, no, <laughs> on the inside. let's no. not bring those up. No, <laughs> we, yeah, we don't want it to be brought up. Yeah. But correction is bringing those things yeah. up so that we can deal with it. Yeah, and, and, you know, the silversmiths would sift that off, and they would continue that process until they could see their reflection in the yeah. silver. Well, think about this, and do they have something over there? Mark, you yeah. have a question. Okay, all right. Think about this. If, because when we get correction, number one, our flesh is going to say, this doesn't feel like love. Number two, we don't want people to see our weaknesses and our faults. That's yeah. reputation and pride. Yeah. Number three, we don't want our leader to know that we have a weakness, right? Because the other part of that is we don't want things that were given to us to be taken away. Yep. We don't want we don't want to. So think about that though. If we're not willing to receive correction, that means then if we don't give ourselves to correction, we're going to carry it with us. Mm -hmm. That means the very people that we're called to minister to, we're going to impart that same junk to mm -hmm. them. How unloving is it for us to go forward and not give ourselves to correction and keep giving them our junk? Yeah. Because we're not healed on it. We haven't been corrected on it. We say we want to serve God. That's not it at all. We just don't want to be found out. We want to be important. Yeah. Like, we want to be important more than we want to get ourselves fixed so that we're not passing on garbage to somebody else. Yep. See how, see how jacked up that is? See how messed up that is? And so the devil, uh, through our flesh, tries to trick us into, well, just don't bring that up. Don't bring that up. You yeah. know? But if you actually find yourself in a covenant connection of God's love, uh, like I brought up stuff to Pastor Gene and he said, you know, I've, I've overseen people for years. I've never had people bring up stuff to me like you bring it up. That's part of the reason why today he'll actually learn from me, you know, in that way. That's what he was saying the other day. He says, I learned stuff from you. And he says, he says you'll bring this stuff up to me. I don't even have to dig for it. Yeah. And, and, and that really showed him my heart for own correction and towards humility to him and it helped him to not to show me and talk to me openly and clearly. So instead of like taking 20 years to figure something out, we could go through it in a couple of years. Yeah. Because I would just say, lay it on me. You know, yeah. tell me what I need to fix. I'm not, my flesh is not going to like it. But I don't want to take this garbage that I need to fix that I might not even know about and, and keep imparting it to people, you know, and be important because I'm this great big minister. But what I'm really doing is, is imparting hurt. Yep. Right? If I'm going to be, if if I'm actually going to be important in the kingdom of God, I'm going to deal with that stuff, yeah. right? I'm going to give myself to correction and don't be stupid about it, like that verse says. Yeah. So, all right, Marky has a question. So you were talking the other day. If any, by the way, if anyone did not hear the first, the beginning of the broadcast, we are sharing a mic. <laughs> so <laughs> you're like, what is that? What is she holding? It's a mic. Um, so you were talking the other day, Pastor, about correcting Luke. And you were saying that you had corrected him on something. And then right afterward, you were like, I want to go bring him to ice cream or something like that. Like you had the moment of correction and then you moved toward um, like it never happened. And I know that godliness, that's how God is with us. Like when yeah. we repent, it's like it never mm -hmm. happened. And when you were saying that, I knew that was something that was stretching me. I knew that was something that, to be completely honest, I'm not sure how to do that. So I think because I haven't known 
how to do that. I haven't known what that's looked like. I've also not always um, understood how to receive that. So Mm -hmm. as far as receiving that, receiving, knowing, okay, this correction is not hurting our relationship, which has been uh, something in the back of my mind a lot of, okay, I don't want correction because I don't want them to be mad at me. So knowing that it won't hinder the relationship in that way, how do we receive that of, okay, this person's not mad at me considering it's for instance, you, because I know that's how you operate, maybe. But so often we've operated in the flesh in that, myself included. So how do we, if we're in situations where we are needing to give correction, like a parent or something, or or when we have leadership, how do we do that? Because I don't, like, that's very stretching for me to just, like, I think it's just my flesh just needing to yeah. drop it and move toward a love that is so unconditional that it's like it never even happened. Yeah, well, you're you're actually moving into part of that major point that I want to bring up, and I didn't really finish the point about Pastor Gene was when you have actually a, a God's covenant of love, and you have you're in a covenant uh, fellowship with somebody like a pastor that understands the love of God, understands the forgiveness of God, understands the uh, victory of the Lord as well, understands how Jesus has set us free from condemnation, you won't find a leader that's going to beat you up because you receive correction or need correction. You're going to find a leader that will give the correction and then hold your hand as you're raising to that new level. And that's what I found with Pastor Gene. You know, I told him some stuff that I dealt with in the past. And, you know, I'm just like, like, here's me. Here's what you got, you know. And I'm telling him these things. and, And he just was so gentle and forgiving, and loving, and I was like, I felt empowered to yeah. be godly. Yeah. You know, I felt empowered to be godly, and that's, but here's the issue. The reason why he could respond that way is because I laid it on the table. Yep. Had I hid it, he has, to, he has to respond a different way. You know, if I'm like trying to cover it up, and I'm trying to hide it from him, his response has to be different because then loving correction when I bring it up is easy. But you know, is is but if he's got to go love loving correction is going to say, I can't let you sit there. Yeah. But if you're like trying to shield it from me, now I've got to dig in and find it. It makes the process much, much more difficult. Yeah. So imagine if somebody's on the operating operating table and they need to have a cancer removed and they're asleep and they're yielded. It's so much more easier to get in there and get a hold of it, get it out of there. But if that person was awake and struggling because it hurt, and they were they were struggling, 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 they would act, they could actually do a lot of damage, and yeah. because and it would hurt more because they were struggling with it, and instead of just yielding to that person. So let the Holy Spirit do that. Now, the issue that uh, Marky is asking is. How do we move from correction to the peace that's supposed to follow? Is that basically what you're asking? Yeah. Yeah. How do we move to that not only from the giver of correction, but also uh, the receiver of correction? And that's based in righteousness. That's based in knowledge that he has forgiveness for us. He's not looking to hold things against us. He's looking to forgive us. He's looking to forgive us. He's looking to forgive us and move us forward. 
And so flesh wants to pay a penalty. A corrupted flesh wants to pay a payment, wants to pay a penalty, feels like it needs to walk in condemnation. That's where Paul is saying in Romans 7 and Romans 8, there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk after the Spirit, right? In the King James it says it. So one of the things that we see is if we would just yield ourselves to Christ, he forgives us instantaneously. If we yeah. confess our sins, 1 John uh, chapter 1 at the end of the chapter, he is faithful and just to forgive yeah. us based off of our righteousness in Christ. He is yeah. faithful and just. So I can approach him boldly when I need help, and I can know that I'm going to receive help, and I'm not walking away with a payment, with a weight on my shoulders. So the issue that I found is that most people, they really, when if they're not given to maturity in Christ and in these items, the one giving correction holds it against them for a long time. Yep. Now, that doesn't mean that they need to be unwise, you know. So let's say that you're doing something and you were very unmerciful with somebody, right? Well, and, and you've been doing that for years. You've been being unmerciful for somebody. And then all of a sudden, do I need to go and, and okay, you got correction, you immediately... Uh, you immediately said, I'm going to change, even receive correction well. But do I need to put you in a situation where mercy is absolutely necessary? No, I need, I need to watch that. I need to see, is there fruit of repentance? Yeah. And so a leader has that responsibility. I need to see that fruit of repentance. So one time we had, one time we had a person, and they had messed up. And uh, they, they had messed up pretty severely, they had tried to hide it. The Holy Spirit was convicting them. They brought it to us. And then their first question after they brought it to us was, can I still serve here? And it was serving in an area uh, where you needed to be have your stuff together, you know. And I said, no, not right now. You need to heal from this. You need to, you need to take some time and let the healing. Like you can heal pretty quickly but you need to let the love of God heal you. What what just happens major, yeah. like you don't, you come home from major surgery, you don't go back to lifting weights. Yeah. And that's what they were asking them to do it. As soon as I said no, they got mad and left the church. Yep. They got mad and left church. I went, that right there is, you know, in other words, what was the fruit? Had they really received the correction? No, they just didn't want to get caught and they didn't want the punishment of getting caught, but they didn't actually receive godly a correction. That that's what happened with Saul. Yeah. Like yeah. Like he, the correction came, and Saul was like, "But still, I I want you to still validate the position that yeah. I'm in, and I still want you to come with me and prove to everyone that I'm still in this position." That he had. Yeah. That was a very similar hard. Very very similar, and the and Lord gave me wisdom. Him. And as soon as that per yeah, it led to his death mm -hmm. and his removal from the throne, basically, because that same heart's what caused that problem, and so. One of the things that you see is a leader has that correction, but they don't need to hold it against them. Mm -hmm. and, and watch this. And you don't need to hold it against yourself. Yeah. If you've received forgiveness, then receive forgiveness. Yeah. If you've received forgiveness, then receive forgiveness. There may be some things that are different for a little bit of time, but those will quickly yeah. correct if you'll give yourself to that correction. Mm -hmm. Don't beat yourself up for it. Condemnation, we said it the other day, uh, you know, life is in conviction, 
but death is in condemnation. Yeah. Stop condemning yourself for something you've asked forgiveness for and received forgiveness for. Don't beat yourself up. You know, how many times, just everybody that's sitting here, all, all four of you, how many times have you messed up and then in the next five minutes, I'm looking at you as if it didn't even happen? How many times? I mean. Almost every time. So I yeah. Can just yeah. A couple times, yeah. You guys. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so what you see is that that's the proper way. Like you're thinking this is really going to jack this up. This is going to be, I don't, you know, can I even serve in youth anymore? Can I even do this or that? And that's not the point at all. See, it's maturity that'll bring that up yeah. and deal with it and be willing to face whatever needs to happen. I'm willing to face it. That's maturity. Yeah. But maturity on the leader's part is to recognize when that person's also in that maturity. And so we need to change our heart, open ourselves up to correction, give ourselves to leadership, submit in that way. But a leader's job is not is to not hold it against them forever yeah. in that way. Be wise with it. You know, somebody just came out of sin of thievery. I don't need to leave my jewelry laying about tempting them. That it's a fresh thing. They might not, they might want to have put it down, but they don't might not have it fully put down yet. You know, if somebody just came out of alcoholism. I don't give them wine at communion. You know, it's like like you know, uh, fermented wine at communion. If somebody just came out of alcoholism, I don't take them to the bar to show how strong we are. That's that's jumping off the temple with like what Jesus was tempted with. So I'm wise with it, but I'm not holding it against them. Like you yeah. just came out of alcoholism and you repented and you've gotten forgiveness. Glory to God. Come yeah. on, let's go do some good, great stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, but I'm not holding it against them in that way, but I'm not going to be unwise and put them in a tempting situation yeah. either. Yeah. And so, but so in that situation, I don't, I may have wisdom and conviction to do one thing or the other, but I don't judge them in condemnation. And I don't hold them like, yeah, you're still messed up. See, if I'm still believing that they're messed up, I'm holding them in condemnation, and now I'm acting as the accuser yeah. and not the brethren and not you know not the loving mentor in that way. So you can see that that's wrong for me, but that's also wrong for a person to condemn themselves. Yeah. Remember that we're to abstain from the appearance of evil, and we're not to harm the witness of a of someone. That that witness includes our own. Like I don't need to harm my own witness because I keep condemning myself over something that Jesus has already forgiven me. Yep. I have to be able to let that go. When you see that actually work out in a reality, when you see that work in a reality, it's one of the most beautiful things ever. And this goes to the major point that I want, and I saw that uh, Hannah had a good question earlier. There may be some other ones, so make sure to get those ready. But one of the things that, that the major point I wanted to bring up is especially like in a word of faith type circle where people are, are really seeking to put their faith out there. Or if you have a really like a, a holiness circle, it's easy to get moved off of holiness and into legalism and judgmentalism. Many times when you see somebody mess up, like there's a, a fleshly temptation to hold it against that person for a long time. And you'll see that somebody, we had, a, we had a question this morning that came from Serena from your wife, and uh, she was asking, you know, what's going on with Paul in this chapter in Thessalonians? 
because uh, it looks like the devil's besting him. And one of the things that I said is, it's not that we can't miss it. It's not that we don't, you know, uh, it's not that uh, God wants us to miss it, but have you ever found yourself in a place where you've missed it? I have. And so the issue is that we make sure that we don't hold it against somebody because they missed it or they're growing or they're immature trying to go towards maturity or the devil came up against them. Yeah. Or it could be that God told them to go that way because if you look at Jesus' life, what was the thought before he raised from the dead and even maybe after he did, What? but, but let's just say before he raised from the dead, what was the thought process of his enemies and his colleagues, the people that were on this side? They thought they won. The enemies thought they had won, and the disciples thought they had lost. They could not see the victory. Yeah. And But God had, in other words, it really looked like a loss, like we took a big loss here. This is huge. You know, They don't know what to do. Until Jesus shows up to them, they don't know what's going on. They don't know. They have missed the whole revelation of all that. So I look at Paul as well. It's like, okay, God's always leading us triumph, and he is. Then why was Paul killed? Why was Paul beaten? You know, in, in Corinth, Corinth, it says he was he had 39 stripes, 39 lashes, five times. Yeah. He's in the why did he go through that stuff? Well, one, he's actively ad, advancing against the kingdom of darkness. Here's another thing. Maybe God asked him to go and to pay a price, and that does happen. And so you look at somebody and, and watch. Here's the judgment. Here's the judgment. Well, why are they why are they in prison? They must be doing something wrong. Maybe they're doing something right. Maybe God said, "I want you to go and put yourself in prison so you can proclaim to the world Jesus." Yeah. And he offered Paul, remember remember it says that, uh, what's the prophet um, that bound his hands and feet? Um, Agabus. He, remember, Agabus came to Paul and he says, hey, with a warning from the Holy Ghost, if you go, it says he warned him, if you go to Jerusalem, this is what will happen. Yeah. And then he said, I know, he goes on later to say, I know this is what's going to happen if I go to Jerusalem. I hear you. Thank you. But I also know that I am to go do this. I made the choice. But the Holy Spirit was warning me. He was showing them this will be the cost. This will be the price. And ultimately, it will be your life. And it's your choice. You can do it if you want. Whew. Remember when he was talking about Saul, and he was like, before he really became the apostle, he said, this is a chosen vessel. He was given a choice to do that. So the reason I'm saying this is sometimes you see somebody going through correction, going through a challenge or a trial, or maybe they just missed it and, and they got beat up by the devil a little bit. Don't kill them. Yeah. Don't kill the person because they're, they're going through something. If their heart is Romans 8, 13, they are actively seeking to put to death the deeds of the flesh, and the fruit of it is they are putting to death the deeds of the flesh. Don't beat them up because they're growing, yeah. Yeah. right? That's what I look for all the time. I'm not looking to see if you got it all right. I'm looking to see if you actively have fruit that you're putting to death the deeds of the flesh. And if that's your direction, remember, if that's your direction, you're going to be fine. Yeah. Just keep that direction going. Yeah. You, might, you might miss it here. You might miss it there. Don't beat yourself up. Just pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and head that direction yeah. again.
right? And and the believers around and the leaders around don't beat them up because of that. Yeah. Don't beat them up because of that. So, amen. amen. Does that help answer it, Marky? Yes, sir. But see, now I want you to see this, though. We can't beat our own selves up because we missed it. Yeah. We've got to receive... Forgiveness, when we confess our sins and we receive forgiveness by faith, we should instantaneously, instantaneously receive so much forgiveness that we don't feel the weight of it anymore. Now, yeah. I don't know many people that know how to do that. I don't know many people who know how to do it, but that's why we're talking about it, not to condemn you because you hadn't learned it yet, but to show you that that's out there. And, and if we truly receive that forgiveness, we should feel the weight of it come off of our shoulders. And, and even, y'all can remember some of you, I prayed with you and I said, did you feel the release of that? No, I don't, I still feel just the condemnation of it. I said, let's keep praying until you receive it. It's yours to, for you to receive right now, yeah. right now. And so what they'll try to do is work to get holy instead of resting in faith. Lord, I receive my holiness, my righteousness by faith, Yeah. right? And if we'll do it by faith, we can have that. And so what happens is correction comes. Here's the timeline of life. And correction comes. And now we can hold condemnation for months and years and then get back on track. Or we can have correction come oh, and, and be right back on track. Yeah. Which is better. Well, we've got to not hold it against ourselves. We have some, uh, read these questions. Uh, Hannah said, can this be applied to not seeking out correction, but letting the Holy Ghost bring it up, or is this, uh, or is it separate with our leaders? Um, there's what she's talking about. Is this is you don't have to go looking for correction if you're in a fellowship with the Holy Ghost. Seek fellowship with the Holy Spirit, and He will bring the correction that you need. Seek the fellowship with the Holy Spirit and he'll bring that correction. Many times people feel so condemned that they're like, I know something's wrong. I got I to gotta find it. And what they're actually saying is the Holy Spirit's not big enough to help me, help correct me or show me what I need. I've got to go looking for it. And so for example, buddy, you know, as you're reading Proverbs, as you're reading Proverbs, were you necessarily looking for correction on it, or were you just spending time in fellowship? I was just spending time. But yet, the exact thing that you needed, you know, slapped you in the face, mm -hmm. and you enjoyed the smiting of it. Amen. <laughs> right? And, and all of a sudden, it's there. You look away, you come back to it, it's there again. Like, yeah. In other words, you didn't have to go looking for it. You yeah. just stayed in fellowship with him, and you're trusting him to bring that correction. Yeah. Well, the same time the Holy Spirit's bringing you this, I was bringing you something in the exact same vein. Yeah. That's the Holy Spirit. You didn't have to go looking for it. The Lord knows when we need it, what we need. If you're going and looking for correction, I, I want you to understand, I'm not telling you that you don't have your eyes and ears open for correction and that you're yielded to the Lord. That's not what I'm saying at all. Because some people say, well, I'm, I just, no, you're bringing correction. I don't have to look for that. No, that's when you actually pay attention to it. It's yeah. when your leader does that or when the Bible brings it up. I'm saying somebody that has the ditch of constantly being in condemnation, you, 
they many times will stay in the ditch of there's something wrong with me. So they're identifying more with their unrighteousness yeah. than they're identifying with the righteousness of yeah. Christ. Yeah. And that's that in itself is yeah. what needs to be corrected. Yeah. And so they'll bring it. So what she's saying is, do we not, we don't have to go looking for it. If you'll just yield, if you'll be in the church that God told you to be, you're in the word, mm-hmm. fellowship, worship, and prayer. He's going to show you what you need when you when you yeah. need it. You just stay yielded to the Holy Ghost with the, your ears, spiritual eyes and ears open to yeah. uh, instruction, correction, and redirection. It'll be there. And, and the same thing. Now, what you can do is if the Holy Spirit brings something up to you, then you bring it, you know, you can bring it to your pastor and say, hey, this is kind of what I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying to me. Does yeah. this sound right? If you don't know, you can say, does this sound right? Yeah. Um, one of the things that's really helped me um, that I've noticed and that even personally my flesh didn't want me to do, but what, there, the, why is correction coming is most of the time because there's something in my life that I don't see myself. Yeah. And yeah. so when the correction comes or when, when it has come in the past, you know, my, the first thing that comes that my flesh starts flooding my mind with is, I don't see that. I don't see how that's me. I don't see how that applies to this situation. Um, and, you know, that starts flooding my mind. And so, but to put down that flesh, what I've, ha- what I've had to do multiple times is say, Lord, help me to see it. You know, Holy Ghost, help me to see what, what pastor is saying. Help me, to see, yeah. help me to see how this is applying to this situation. Because at the moment, my, my brain didn't understand it. Yeah, probably because my flesh was like, ah, that doesn't apply to this situation. But that's my flesh, and I need to put that actively put that to death. Yeah. So what I've done is I've been like, okay, Holy Spirit, help me to see this, even though my flesh is loud and seems loud in that moment. Yeah. Holy Spirit, help me to see it, and and oftentimes, pretty much every time, actually, um, the Holy Spirit, like, like a little bit later, I'm like in the shower, and then the Holy Spirit's like. That's what he was talking about. Remember this? Remember this? And then all of a sudden, all those dots start connecting. So it's so proving the correction, proving that that was the Holy Ghost. Even though in the moment, I'm like, I don't see how this is Holy Ghost. I don't even see it. Seems more like you know flesh or whatever. But no, Holy Spirit, help me to see this. And the Holy Spirit start would start to unlock things, and I recognize, oh, he was right, you know, yeah. and, and that, that helps. That, that's always helped. The Holy well, Spirit's working. And sometimes in correction, you know, the verse says that we see through a glass darkly. Yeah. And so there's times where maybe it's our own doing, maybe it's just the way things are, but we don't see all the details. Like many times I'll be with somebody in the church and it's like I can tell something's there mm-hmm. as a pastor. I can tell something's there, but I don't really know what it is. I'm not really sure what it is, but I know there's something. And the person, like, has no clue. You know, they're like, oh, you know, they have no clue. But I know something's there. So I just start, I start, you know, digging. In other words, I'm being led by the Holy Spirit. So I'll start, I can't see the root of it yet, but I'll start, like, pulling back the layers on it. And at that moment, you may be sitting there going, I don't get. It. I don't see that at all. I think Pastor's lost in there. Then we'll go down the road a day, a conversation or two, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, there it is. And then the person, if they're yielded, is like, oh man, that is there, and I had no idea. I thought you were hundred percent wrong, and and I've had that. There was a moment where I got a word from the Lord of correction through a guy, and I thought, I'm serious. I thought one hundred percent he's wrong, but but I said this just in case it's me. And it's something I can't see. 
I'm going to yield, and I'll just set that on the shelf. Well, about five years later, that thing came up, and he was 100% right. I mean, he was 100% right. So we're about to wrap up here, but one of the things... Miss Caroline's over here making noise. It's true. A minute ago, she was sleeping. Now she's like, Pastor Papa's here. She said, All right, so one of the things, that's what it is. <laughs> she's waking up. So uh, Kelly said, sometimes there have been people who corrected me in my life that correct me so gently and love that I missed it was correction at all because it was so subtle. And that is good. Sometimes leaders will do that. Yeah. But it has to do with who we are, where we are, what place we are. One thing that y'all know is if I go, you know, kind of something like, oh, okay. Like, you know, like, oh, oh, time out. Why are you saying that? Yeah. Um, uh, Pastor JB, one time I was telling him something. He said, well, if the Lord said it, then that's it. I was like, no, I'm asking you if you think this is the Lord. He was like, oh, that's a different question. So how you yeah. phrase stuff has, you want to you wanna check that. Ask, ask questions. It's fine. Um, George says something that was huge here in just a second, but also Kevin said this, this is a big thing. Discipline and punishment are not the same thing. Yeah. And the difference between discipline and punishment many times is the attitude of the person being corrected. Yeah. So if you are somebody who self-condemns a lot or came from that background, you're going to receive discipline as punishment when the person was not punishing yep. you. And that can that can really trip you up, yeah. and it can hold you back. Anybody ever done that before? I, I have, and that's a great point. And so then you're thinking, that person's mad at me. They're not mad at you at all. They're not even thinking about right. you in a negative way. They just gave you what needed to be said, and now we're moving on. George said this, hear this. He said, I used to think if I accepted forgiveness right away or quickly, then I really wasn't sorry for it. What does that mean? That means that unless I pay the penalty of time, then I wasn't truly sorry. That's not true. No, I can be completely sorrowful in my heart, but receive forgiveness instantaneously. Instantaneously. Margie said the same, George. That right there is a major uh, trip up. So will you read uh, Greg's there? Greg says, amen. It's like the example of thinking we need to get cleaned up before going to church. It's through that relationship by the Holy Spirit that we receive the grace to overcome. Exactly. Exactly right. And so it's one of those things. We're not called to condemnation. We're not called to uh, punishment. Actually, the Bible speaks different of that for believers. There is a punishment and there's a wrath that's laid up, but it's not for us. It's not, that punishment's not supposed to be for us. And, uh, that condemnation's not there, punishment's not there. We're not supposed to pay a payment uh, that God hasn't called us to pay. And that's one, paying a payment of condemnation or a payment of time for something we did wrong is not one he called us to pay. No, by faith, we should instantaneously receive forgiveness as we confess that and change it in, in our heart. So amen. Caleb says, wow, that's good. So has this blessed you? Yeah. <laughs> have you gotten something out of this? Do y'all have anything else over there? Nope. All good? Yeah. Before we wrap up, if, if yeah. it's okay. Uh, hold on, hold on. Okay, sorry. Did you, I want them to say, I want, yeah, thank you for switching it over to them. So do you see how there can be that instantaneous, uh, instantaneous forgiveness? And can you see how you're not supposed to carry that and not take discipline and punishment? when it's simply just correction from a loving uh, source. 
Yeah. yeah. So many times I've, like, kept it, and like what George was saying, like, well, if I'm, like, just okay and, like, walk off, then I didn't really accept it, and that's a that's a deception. As, yeah. as long as my heart's, like, right and that changes, then I'm, I'm free to just walk off on sunshine and rainbows. Everything's fine. It's just yeah. a heart change. I, I, hopefully this, you can just be like, yeah, this is why I do, I do kind of have a question though. And I think part of it is, is that why I might have had that punishment mentality. So if, if punishment is bad, discipline is good. What, why do we like punish kids in a way of like, okay, you are, you have this penalty of like, you're being grounded or like, how do you, how do you do that in a way that's right? And not in a way that's like paying a price in a, in a bad way because it yeah. kind of is paying a price but how is that done in the right way yeah well the bible clearly says spare the rod and spoil the spoil the child what you're showing is this is wrong and you know in those instances for example like with a child you're not talking about things you're not talking about things that are going to change their life forever when they talk back to an adult in that, unless it continues. If that continues, multiplied by years can ruin their life, but that one moment's not going to ruin their life. And you want to show that because the word also says, whatsoever man sows, that we also reap. So there is a cause and effect. It's not as much of a punishment as it is a cause and effect but you can escape that punishment simply by learning where those lines are and applying that. That's part of that correction. So it's a correction of showing something on a small issue. It's a correction of saying, hey, this is the line. You crossed it. Here is, here is one, not really a punishment, but the correction and a cause and effect of your action. Yeah. But you instantly, think about that. If I, if I you know, spank like Luke's, Luke's behind... He has, he has that for a split second, and then within, within a few seconds, within a few minutes, that's all done. Yeah. Like there's nothing left. It's all gone. And that also shows us how quick our, uh, our forgiveness can be and yeah. how quick we can move straight out of that. So we're showing the child that doesn't know any better there is cause and effect. For an adult, we know that there's cause and effect. We know those things. By that time, we should have learned that. But you have some adults today that don't really know that. They think they can say and do whatever they want because they had parents that didn't correct them in yeah. that way. And so I think one of the things is we're teaching that kid on a small item, cause and effect. It's not an ongoing punishment. It's a momentary correction is better, uh, better to show that. We associate it as punishment, but it's really a momentary correction and showing where that line is. Yeah. So. Well, and you're also not disciplining them when you're mad. Like I've no, watched yes, you and Pastor yeah, specifically. Yeah. You you didn't spank Luke when you were angry. You didn't no, like talk to him no. when you were upset. Like you waited until your emotions were under control, her emotions were under control, and you talked him through the moment. So he learned yeah, from it. Yeah. Amen. What was it you were going to share? What I was going to say, uh, as you were talking, what came up to me, Pastor Nicole actually shared this this morning with the ELT, is and I think that this all goes back to government language. Like 
he, being corrected or being the corrector, it's more than just a task or about the line item that you're correcting. Yeah. And that's something that you and Pastor Nicole had to really teach me and, and get my whole entire thinking correct was the task is not more important than the person. The yes. issue is not yes. more important than the person. That's right. Because I used to not be merciful at all. Right. And I would see a task missed or an item done wrongly. Yeah. I'd want to jump. And the person's more important than the sin, than the slip, than, 100%. The, than the incorrect option. And when you're kingdom-minded, you you truly see that it's it, it really all boils down to is is this going to lead the person into the arms of Jesus or is this going to lead the person down toward a path that leads yeah. them to destruction? And at the end of the day, if I'm corrected by you, if I'm corrected by Buddy, if I'm corrected by Luke, is it going to lead me further to Jesus? Then yeah. that's what matters. Yeah. And as a leader here in the ministry or just out in the world, I need to be willing to look beyond a momentary irritant yeah. or something that was noble failure and think, is this going to help the person yeah. grow? Yeah. And when I get kingdom-minded in the area of correction and discipline, it becomes a different ball game. I'm not yeah. going to correct with an iron fist. I'm going to correct with that hand that helps pull That's the right. person up. The whole point of correction is to help the person. And, uh, and when we take that into our correction, it changes our direction of yeah. correction. You know, it changes our direction of correction can be harsh or it can be gentle. And is, are we helping them or are we mad at them yeah. in that moment? And I think you, I think you summarized that very well. So uh, listen, think about this. How many people need to hear this to not only give correction, but take correction and actually how to view people when they're being corrected, right? Yeah. And we talked about all of those things today. This, this is such an important topic. And so make sure that you share the broadcast, like, subscribe, hit the notification bell for days like today when, when the broadcast went down and then we had to come back up. But uh, I just noticed like we're at, we're four people away from 300. So woohoo, glory to God. So help us get those last four subscribers. Let's get over 300, yeah. heading towards four and heading towards a thousand by the end of the year. Yeah. We're believing God, believe with us. It's gonna be awesome. We want to get this word out. Uh, we sow this word into you every day. Uh, it's it's our gift to you from the Lord. He blesses us, and we want to bless you with it. If you would like to partner with us, you never have to pay for it. Uh, but if you'd like to say, I want to be a part of that, we make that easy for people that want to. If that's not your heart, you don't have to. Just enjoy the broadcast. But if your heart is, I want to help people grow yeah. in the way that Lunch Plus is doing it, the way that What's Right is doing it through Boomerang Church, I want to help that. You can go to giveww.org, give Cash App, Venmo, PayPal, text to give, cryptocurrency, give one time or give on a regular basis. It's all easy. It's all right there. And uh, we, our job is to take your partnership, whether it be money or even sharing the broadcast or commenting or anything like that, even when you hit the notification bell, that helps uh, actually get the word yeah. out because YouTube goes, there's more people that want to be notified when this thing goes live. They, that actually helps. It helps get the word out. So when you partner with us, we want to not only take your partnership and do exactly what the Lord wants us to do to help more people receive Christ, but we also want to bless that. Our yeah. job as ministers is to take what you sow in partnership 
and release the grace of God. And so we want to do that right now. So let's just pray. Father, right now in Jesus' name, anyone who is partnering with us, in the name of Jesus, let your grace multiply in their lives. Grace, peace, and mercy multiply in Jesus' name. We thank you for it. We praise you for it. And Lord, we believe that we have received that grace now. We have grace in our life working on a different level. We receive that now. We're not waiting on it. It's working in us now. We thank you for it and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. We love you so very much. Thank you for being with us. And it's going to be a great, great time in the correction of the Lord. Uh, We'll say it again to wrap it up. Amen. Don't be stupid. You know he loves you. Don't be. What were you laughing at? What you just said. What did you say? You know he loves you. You know he loves you. Amen. (laughs) Don't be stupid. All right. Receive the correction of God. We'll see you tomorrow. Amen. Bye-bye. Hey, just wanted to let you know that this Saturday we are having an Easter egg hunt here at Boomerang in Albemarle, North Carolina. We have how many eggs? Is it like how many? Thousands. What is it? Oh, over 13,000 eggs. That is a lot of eggs. So come Saturday between 1 and 3, ready to uh, pick up some eggs on the lawn. It's going to be really, really fun. We're going to have cotton candy. Me and Hannah Sittler are running the cotton candy machine. And I would like to at least attempt to figure out how to make shapes. Will it be a weird oblong shape? Maybe, but uh, I'd like to figure out how to do that because it's going to be so fun. And what else are we having? We're having popcorn. Ha! We're having popcorn. And then the day after this Saturday, this Sunday, if you did not know, this Sunday is Resurrection Day. It is Easter. It is the day that we are celebrating our King's resurrection. So if you do not have a home church, if you do not have a place to go, please come here, come here and celebrate our King with us. And uh, we also are going to be having um, a photo booth that you can take pictures with your family. So bring your friends and family, take pictures. It's going to be awesome. So, and tomorrow we will be back with you with the five second challenge and Bible trivia. So make sure to come back tomorrow at 1130. And if you have not yet, like we said, turn on the notifications uh, so that you always know when we go live. And we promise not to go live like a ton, like just like once a day, usually, usually just once a day. But okay, we'll see you tomorrow at 1130. We love you. Thank you for sharing the broadcast. Thank you for your support. We'll see you then.
I'm 